When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Weekend Editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. We're uh, going to catch up with Mark Cranach in a little bit from his Husker Den. But, hey, one more time. How's that sound for 2022? Nebraska, Wisconsin, the final home game. A way to send seniors out. A chance to get your tummy full of some incredible breakfast buffet going on here. That's underway uh, here at the single barrel inside the graduate. Yep, Junior got his biscuits and gravy. That was part of my rent. Watch the computer, bud. Uh, <laughs> as uh, he is, man, he's he's got it rolling uh, this morning. Elijah Herbal's uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, allegedly. So uh, we are good to go. It is, uh, it is a biscuits and gravy type uh, morning, isn't it, Elijah? You have... Uh, sub-zero temperatures, a uh, wind out of the northwest, and it's time to roll sleeves up and play some Big Ten football. And uh, it's been affectionately uh, titled the Audition Bowl today. Mickey Joseph and, of course, uh, Coach Leonard for Wisconsin. Can this thing actually go the right way for Nebraska? And that's the question as it's been a long old time since uh, Nebraska rock and rolled against Wisconsin. 2012, the ugly uniform game, and it's been all sorts of different types of outcomes for Nebraska uh, v. Wisconsin. Numbers to get in. You're on your way into the uh, hub of football. Uh, can join us here at 466 466-3776-800-825. 5865. You can watch the show. We're streaming here. Oh, no. How the hell are you? Good to see you, man. No, you're good. Grant Wistrom is here. And somebody uh, yeah, come at by the and hotel. say hi. Who? So, yeah, Who's Wistrom's that? here. That's nice. He's ready to get some eggs and, uh, and bacon, too. Cranach, good there to see go. you. How are you, man? I'm, I'm good to see you as well, man. Um, you know, I'm doing okay. But, you know, the, the little text before the show today that often happens just like hey <laughs> hey i'm awake you know we're coming in like it's happening again <laughs> that's a normal text on saturdays mm-hmm. um but this one it was a it was a darker one it was a somber one it was you know <laughs> you're like one final time and it's just like put a fork in this thing already what, what? like who's a senior who's not a senior what's going to happen with the coaches who's coming right. back how much is Braylon Allen going to donkey stomp Nebraska today? Like, you know, 
So I'm not trying to sound dark. It's early, you know. The sun's rising right now. We should be happy, but. Oh, well, I mean, brother, on. you uh, you've got your Husker uh, stock and cap on. I mean, you're you're good to go. What, now we don't want to see it, Elijah. Is that is that what we're talking about? We no, I don't. I'm just kidding. Okay. okay, you, yeah. You, you, you put, it, it put it back on. Put it back on quickly. <laughs> the, mor- uh, but, the morning bedhead's no good. No, it's all right. You. But, you know, a lot of a lot of stories, a lot of names uh, this week with the coaching search, and then you transition to, oh, oh yeah, there's a game, right? There's a ball game to go play. And, well, and one of those for- teams, too, mm-hmm. a Wisconsin or an Iowa, where it's just sort of like a, eh. You know, they, they don't, they're not fools for – for BS, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 time to actually just hit and be physical. And look, early in the year, I think all of us had a little bit of conf- like, hey, Wisconsin's beatable this year. November rolls around, <laughs> and you're just sort of like, oh, I don't know about that now. Mm-hmm. Well, all, <laughs> don't know about that. All the flaws of this Husker football team get exposed in November, just with how the roster is constructed, from offensive yeah. line being thin and really not that good especially at running the football. That's a big problem in November. Defensively, you're thin in the front seven, which is the one place you don't want to be thin in the Big Ten once November rolls around, whenever you got three or four teams lining up just to run the ball down your throat for four consecutive weeks. You don't want to be thin in the front seven. That's where Nebraska's thin defensively. And it just doesn't set up well for how football is played in the Big Ten in November. It just... It's one of those things where it almost feels like Nebraska needs a blindfold and a cigarette today as they get marched out there. But could the weather be the great equalizer? <laughs> now, here's the thing, too. Here's the thing, too. With uh, In November in particular, I read a stat just recently where Nebraska's record in November since 2017, 4-17. Like, and I think we all know that Nebraska's been losing and it hasn't been good and Mm-hmm. Haven't gotten a bowl game. Like we all know that. We all know the end of the year hasn't gone really well. But think of it, four and seventeen. So, I mean, it's just pretty obvious. Like you get to this time of year, and Nebraska's done, right? I think we're all kind of done with that. With that idea. Here's the thing: Wisconsin today, though, despite all those things, they are actually they are beatable. This this is not vintage Wisconsin. This is a five hundred Wisconsin. They're five and five. They're playing better now. They run the ball like they usually do. Nebraska historically has moved the ball on them, surprisingly, somehow. No one else does, but Nebraska figures out a way to pile up yards on them. So there is, I guess, some hope on this on this cheery morning. Cranach, way to, way to paint that picture. Uh, thank you. But we, uh, we've got a little bit more uh, work to do. Of course, today the, uh, the show is till 9.00. Uh, Real Red Reaction follows uh, right after here from the Single Barrel. And we love the folks here at the Single Barrel for hosting us all football season. Uh, Black Friday, we are in Iowa City for uh, a noon to two. But it is a difficult finish. And and four and 17 in November doesn't lie. That's when you make your money. That's when you theoretically get better as a team. That's when you, you finish strong. I mean, throw more. Uh, you know, uh, remember the Titans cliches out there. It's just not been what this program is. And that is something that, that's going to get fixed, allegedly, by whoever the next guy is. That's the other backdrop to today is, you know, uh, Casey, 
Uh, what what can he do spark-wise for the offense? Love that Trey Palmer just tweeted out, I woke up pissed off this morning. Good, because he's been MIA. Uh, defenses have adjusted <laughs> right. to him post-Purdue. But it, th- this could be uh, one final rodeo for, for Mickey Joseph. We don't know his future. We don't know hmm. what, uh, what, what the future holds for Mickey. And if he's on staff, if he's the guy – or if he has to move on because there's a better opportunity. Uh, that's the other thing that if you're going to bundle up and go scream your head off for about four hours, that uh, you'll no doubt send him out the right way as well. The players want to go out the right way. Mickey wants to go out the right way. But the, the, it, the streak's got to stop at some point, right? right. I mean, is right. that very fair to ask? And, and you outlined why it could uh, just because it isn't vintage Wisconsin. They're... They're in their own transition for the first time in a long time. Yeah, right. And they, look, they're and they're solid. They're solid, and and that's what they usually yeah. are, right? They they're usually solid, solid, peppered with an NFL first rounder at tailback and a bunch of NFL early rounders at linebacker on the O line, right? And the, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Forgot to mention that other unit that also is superior to Nebraska. Uh, but yes, yes. Uh, but they don't have as many of those top shelf guys right now. Basic mm-hmm. is the difference. Their their passing game is next to non-existent. They can get the tight end involved on play action and boots, of course, like they like they mm-hmm. typically do. But they're really no threats at wideout. And Nebraska has done pretty well against wideouts this year, anyways. Quentin Newsom, in particular, has basically taken away any kind of. He's done there's nice. no There's no one receiver that has just bludgeoned Nebraska this year. They just you know really hasn't happened outside of Oklahoma. Braylon Allen, different story, mm-hmm. you know, and that that matchup in particular, somewhat concerning, just because of if you look at ne- what Nebraska has at linebacker, the guys they're going to be asked to clean up, mm-hmm. and then the, the size advantage that Allen has on those guys. Nebraska doesn't have big linebackers. No, they it, don't. You know, got, they really they don't. Reimer and, and Ernest is young and playing good football. Uh, you, you have that nickel spot with uh, Gifford. I mean, you, you've got yeah. like twitch dudes, fast guys at, at linebacker if you're Nebraska, but there's no meat and potato Mike Petko throwback name there. No. Put that on your well, bingo I, card. It's you just wonder if they'll try to sp- 245. You, you just wonder if they'll try to spill him as much as possible because it's it's, it's it, that wouldn't be good late in the game if you're asking Hausman and Reimer to make their 13th or 14th one-on-one tackle with Allen at full speed, right? So you, you just need, got you you to disrupt it. Yep. You got to get that dude going horizontal a little bit, which he's capable mm-hmm. of doing, too. He's a, he's not just a, a bruising north-south back. Like, he's got mm-hmm. feet, you know? He can move a little bit. So that, that part's a little tough. But you, you brought up Hausman. Hasn't it been a while since we've had a guy just sort of pop like he did last game? Yeah. Right? Like... He popped. You're sitting there watching. You're saying, oh, okay, compared to, say, Northwestern when you first saw Hausman, and you're just like, that, that kid is not ready yet. And it's not his fault. It's just like, you know, he's 12 years old. Like, let him <laughs> let him get a mustache before you put him out there, <laughs> you know? But, like, he, he, looked like uh, he looked like somebody to potentially build around. And one of those guys that as we enter this period here in the next week when transfer portals – going to be going crazy and a new coach is going to be announced. Nebraska is going to lose a lot of players 
seems pretty obvious you're not going to lose him, <laughs> right? The Nebraska kid that's pretty dedicated in mm-hmm. general and now playing quite a bit. So it's going to be a heck of a week. In fact, this week, this time next week, I mean, what's what do you guys think? Do you think we're getting some announcement tomorrow about a coach? I think I don't know. I think the announcement timeline is you let the the team finish out against Iowa. Iowa, right? You you hopefully yeah. have some momentum if you're Nebraska with a win today, and then go uh, lay it out on the line uh, yeah. on uh, Black Friday, and then the the Saturday, Sunday, or Monday yep. after. Uh, you need to have your answer, whether that's somebody that's in the uh, Big 12 championship, uh, somebody playing in a, you know, w- wherever you want to go with it, or, or it's Mickey. I, I, don't, I don't know, and you don't know, and we're all just kind of like, okay, who, uh, who's it going to be, right? Yeah. But you, you need to have that announcement here in, in short order, ready to go, and I think Trev's uh, tracking that. I think things are, are going to be okay. Uh, you just hope that with uh, with the the retention part of things, you can do yourself a favor in the short term with uh, some guys on staff that have really done a nice job. Bill Bush has been fabulous. Uh, Mickey yeah. Joseph's been fabulous, just to name a couple of guys that have really stepped up in tough circumstances. Yeah. And to see them get a get a look by whoever the next head guy is, uh, that needs to happen. It's not a deal breaker per se. Because guys want to bring in their own staff, but I, I think you'd be wise to figure out a way to keep both of them on. That's my amateur two cents. But um, that's the other part of this thing that, that could hurt is uh, do you lose two really good minds that know the program real well and know how to recruit to the program? Yeah. I, well, it, but it wouldn't be without precedent. You know, Nebraska's been chewing sure. up and spitting out their own for a while now, right? <laughs> John Garrison. Uh, really, John Garrison, sure, yeah. John Perella. Jeez, uh, uh, you can go on and on. There's got to be plenty more that mm-hmm. slip in my mind right now. But th- those yeah, two but... immediately jump to mind is, you know, Huskers through and through, been through it. Um, and, you know, they're, they're told to hit Greg Austin. Yeah, <laughs> just now told to hit the road. I mean, Scott Frost. Hello, potentially That's... Barrett Root here soon. Fr- Frank Solich. <laughs> you know, you're like just Nebraska has a nice hesitated. Happy, happy hit list t- together, aren't you? <laughs> well, well, Nebraska has not hesitated to jettison those mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's all individual decision makers that are doing that. It's not like that's just in the water institutionally. It's sure. individual human beings making those decisions to fire and or not retain. I, you know, in this situation, as much as I love Mickey and Bush, by the way, Bush is another one that got fired before. <laughs> now he's back. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska also does that a lot, which is weird. Um, brings dudes back that were fired. Doc Sadler. Anyways, it, as much as I love Mickey and Bush, and they are, look, they, they are elite recruiters, and they're obviously good coaches, I wonder if you're not better off wiping this thing clean in the long term, right? I, and and I, I'm not advocating for that, saying, but I do wonder, like when you compare the two options. Mm-hmm. So one option is to do that, maintain some continuity, keep a Mickey, keep a Bush. They will absolutely stabilize your your roster to a degree. And they will absolutely stabilize recruiting. And they're really 
they're very good coaches that you you don't you know you're you would be you could do worse than having Mickey sure. coach your receivers and Bush coordinate. I, I, and think, I think there's familiarity. Familiarity needs to, to happen uh, with the new guy, whoever it is. Okay. And, Probably. And, and these is... were not Frost guys. No. So there is that. There is that. But but that is that is the other option. For instance, like when Brian Kelly went to LSU, just zoop, like everybody was out. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, support staff, like he reset that entire thing so that he knew anybody in the building was his guy, was loyal Let's to see, him. Ben. And look, they're having some mm-hmm. success. So those are kind of the two options that you have is you can, you can, you can just try to say, no, I want some continuity because we can't afford to have the rosters shift over. Or you Be can good. say, let's... <laughs> Let's start all over. Let's go nuclear here. And just to narrate what's going on here, Grant Wistrom is sitting next to Chris Schmidt and putting on a headset as we speak. Well, Wistrom, he walks over to me, and he's like, dude, we're going to – I know that voice. And that, you know, Marlboro Reds, don't smoke kids. <laughs> Grant, how are you, buddy? Good. How you doing, Good Schmitty? to see you. Cranax uh, in his little igloo uh, as we're streaming here. And then, of course, uh, Elijah Herbal. Uh, Junior was over here. I've talked about him. He uh, he's working security. Yeah, I could, he's doing a great job. Uh, that's well. He's off to go uh, see how many bush lights are down at the the Champions Club. <laughs> how are you doing? Talk to us about your weekend here, bud. I'm doing good. Um, actually, I'm with a recruit. Uh, one of the guys I coached this year down in uh, Springfield, Missouri, Nebraska. Illinois was calling him. Iowa was calling him. Uh, Wisconsin was calling nice. him. And so I called Jason up here at Nebraska, yeah. and I'm like, Why aren't we calling him? And so they uh, finally got a hold of him, and they're really excited about him. So I drove him up here for a visit this weekend. Who's the uh, the young man? Uh, Kellen Lindstrom, right over there. Okay, yeah, cool. That is yeah. good. That is good. Uh, first time back this year, or no? Uh, I was at the Indiana game. Okay, yeah, I came back for that, which was nice. A little bit warmer than it is today, and that's a good omen, though. Grant was right, you know. That's right. It's, a, it's kind of a rarity for that to happen. I'm usually here for a lot of the uh, momentum or the historic losses. So, <sighs> you know, of those recently. Right. Well, uh, it's been a it's been a very cheery uh, Saturday morning for us as we're <laughs> yeah. opening this segment up yeah. about. Like uh, Yeah. Right. A lot of good stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's uh, 20, 2012, yeah. though, man. That's just got to kind of blow you away. I mean, it's been that long since Nebraska's beaten Wisconsin. Yeah. It's. Uh, I don't know. I feel good about today. Yeah. You know, I think uh, the guys are playing hard. Just, I don't know, today could be the day. That'd why, be, why, not, why not today? Why huh? not today? Yeah. Uh, you love weather games like this? Playing in them, you know, uh, <laughs> sitting in the stands. Uh, and I got to drive back tonight, so I won't have any antifreeze in me. So it's going to be a cold day today, man. A, a little bit. But uh, Grant Wistrom with us here at the uh, Single Barrel, Hail Varsity Radio Weekend, 7 to 9. And. Uh, you know, it, it's so big. You mentioned some of the phone calls happening to uh, that 500-mile radius. You were one of those kids mm-hmm. where Nebraska was uh, playing at, at a high level then, and, you know, it was uh, it was on your radar. But talk to us a little bit about just uh, the region of the country you're in and kind of that Nebraska brand representation. People know you, yes, but at least where the program's at right now. You know, I, I still think it, it carries some weight. I really do. Um, 
and for no other effect than old people like us still talk about it. Yeah. I guess, but uh, no, but it still carries weight. I mean, like I said, Kellen's a young man; it's getting recruited by a lot of schools, and I, you know, and I, we're honest with each other. He's a great kid, and we talk a lot. But I said, you know, if you could pick one of your top schools, where would it be? He's like, absolutely Nebraska. You know, and that's a kid that has a lot of good Big Ten schools interested in him. But it's still just the brand that we represent. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it still resonates within a lot of people. Tell me, Grant, Grant. how has that that recruiting process changed from whenever you were coming out of high school, coming to Nebraska, to what it is now, technology and NIL and just craziness? It it feels like it's changed a whole bunch within the past two years even, but what's the difference from your eyes compared to uh, back in 1994? Uh, At first, I was just – my daughter is a pretty good soccer player. She's starting to get recruited, so – I was experiencing it from that side, so different sport, you know, women's sport, different sport, and I'm like, wow, this is different than what I remember, but maybe football isn't. Well, it is. Like, you know, it's almost now like you're recruiting the schools. You're trying to date the schools. You've got to reach out to the schools. And, you know, and I'm sure there's, you know, your five stars don't have to worry about that, but the majority of the country and the kids are having to contact the schools, and then the schools will reach back out to them. And, and I, I don't know, it's just backwards. I don't understand it. Um, you know, you got to hire a recruiting professional to help you get your your name out there. Um, it, it's just completely different. Grant Wistrom was with us on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, Nebraska is going to be likely naming a new head coach in the next couple weeks or maybe promoting Mickey. We're not sure yet. At its core, look, there's a lot that's sort of ailed Nebraska over the last couple decades with mixed results, but at its core, do you feel like committing to a physical brand and having the schemes to match that, right? Because I think a lot of people want to be physical and they talk about it and don't necessarily have the schemes to match that. It's sort of what's happened over the last while. Do you feel like that at its core could start to gradually lift Nebraska back up to that really steady, sturdy kind of program that I think we're all wanting to see again? I, I do because I I think you can get back to recruiting the athletes that like that sort of football, that are a little bit tougher mentally, that aren't afraid to go out and bang three or four days a week in practice, that aren't afraid to tackle in practice, that aren't going to have to, you know, it's just a different athlete you're recruiting to run that style of program in a different mentality. And, and I do think that could help change the course. Um, you know, I, I got excited when I heard that we were going to start recruiting, you know, it didn't matter the number of stars behind a guy's name. It was how much does this guy love to play football? Yeah. You know, and I, and I feel like that was, we were told that, but that's not what was given to us. We're still going to guys after stars. Not, you know, we always bring up Aaron Taylor, but a guy like Aaron Taylor, you know, looks like a wee blow out there, <laughs> but can, he will, you know, die for the program. He will kill the guy across from him. He's not much to look at, but, man, the guy loved to play football. He's a hell of a football player. Let's get back to that. You know, I don't care how highly recruited you are. That doesn't matter. How much do you love to play football? How much are you, how, how much are you willing to sacrifice to be better? You know, are you playing for the name on your back or the name on the side of your helmet? That's, that's all that matters to me. Guys that go out there, play hard, play for each other, play for the school, play for the fans. And, and you coach with you, us. You're just, so, sorry, you're just mentioning that no, you coach ahead. at the high school level. Um, there's still plenty of kids out there like that, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, everybody talks about it's the me generation and all that, but there are plenty of kids that are team-oriented and, and ready to go to war. There's still tough kids yeah. out there, right? Yeah, there's yeah. tough kids. I've got, I've got a team first kid with me here today. I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't have called, you know, the school if I didn't believe that, you know, believe that about him. He's the type of kid that he's going to do what his coach asks him to do. He's going to show up every day. Like, he shows up every day in the weight room at 5 o'clock in the morning in the off season. I mean, this is a kid that wants to be a good football player, and that's what we need to get back to recruiting. Grant, you're, you're right, and, and Mickey touched on it this week uh, when it comes to fit and – well, okay, uh, I'm going to look at a kid, and here's what I see on film. Here's what I've observed, and I don't really care who else is recruiting him. We think we can turn him into a good football player. The, the topic of development, um, you're a special football player, and, and you played early, but you know how difficult the lines of scrimmage are at, at every level all the way to the Super Bowl, right? And it, it takes time, and it feels like uh, there's guys that have been – dare I say, rushed in uh, on the lines of scrimmage here the last couple, three years. And where's where's the development been? You know, that's tough because when you need a body in there, you need a body in there whether they're ready or not. You know, and then, so there's times when that happens and you'd rather not rush that. But it's just so hard now with the portal and transferring. Well, if I don't play a guy as a freshman, he's going to transfer to the other school and, you know. So it's just, it's hard. And I can't imagine being a coach in this day and age and having to re-recruit your team every year. It'll blow your mind. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just doing it one time, going up and putting up with these kids and, you know, kissing butts and all over just to get them here the first time. But having to re-recruit your team every year, holy cow, what a, just a mind F. Uh, Grant Wistrom's with us. Grant, uh, we'll let you get back to some uh, some quality time, but... Uh, you got a prediction? You've said, why not today? Or can we get uh, that on record here? Greg yeah. Wistrom says. Hey, I'm, I'm a, my glass is always overflowing, Schmitty. Come you need, on you need a yeah. bush light yet or no? I told you i got to drive back tonight, man. I can't get us off okay. the antifreeze. All right. All yeah, right. So it's going to be a cold one today. <laughs> uh, let's go, uh, man. 32-24. Yep. Grant, quickly before we get you there. out here, with, with the cold weather and the forecast today, what are some keys that you have for playing in a cold weather football game? So a little trick, Vaseline goes a long way in the cold weather, right? You see those guys out there with no sleeves on, you think they're pretty tough. The wind, or the Vaseline cuts the wind really quick. So you got to lube up the arms with some Vaseline. Uh, find yourself good space on the bench that has a nice heater there so when you come off you can stick your helmet on the heater so it doesn't freeze up so these see and these are all important things right you know very important stuff here got to find the heater with the good helmet heater on it so your helmet's always nice and soft and pliable nothing's worse when you come off the field for 10 minutes and go to put your helmet back on it's just a block of ice just rock solid uh, Got to, you know, keep a solid line on the chicken, the warm chicken uh, chicken broth on the sideline. Got to, you know, oh. keep – yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, it's all about comfort out there, man. You got to stay comfortable. <laughs> I never Grant knew Wistrom's. there was warm chicken broth there, though. Yeah, That's we great. didn't know broth. that. Yeah, what are, You're making breaths, soup on the sideline. Yeah. Like, come on. Whip Dave Ellis down there and whipping up a nice batch of mom's homemade <laughs> soup. Uh, that is good. Yeah, usually have chicken, like in the locker room, we have like chicken broth or hot chocolate or just something to warm you up from the inside. But was was Uncle Charlie extra grouchy cold games? Uh, it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to it's tell. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to tell when he's in a good mood or bad mood. But, <laughs> yeah, I heard you guys had him on. I got to talk to him for about a half hour the other day. It was like somebody just pulled a string in his back. Oh, yeah. And he didn't stop for 30 minutes. It was hilarious. I was like, Coach. 
It's good talking. Good, I was, it's good listening to you. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> coaches with us on Mondays, and he's been doing that. Bless his heart for like, what, what do you say, Elijah, Mark, about 12 years. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mondays with Charlie. And he's, I mean, he's, we, he was telling us, and Elijah's like, wow, that was pretty intense. He's out there on a Monday. And we talked to him before we go on, and he's like burning leaves. <laughs> he's burning leaves. He's trying to pick up the na- you know his, his lake house neighborhood, and then wind comes oh. while uh, while he's while he's burning leaves, and <laughs> <laughs> that's scary, man. That happened to me one time. Uh-huh. That's, that's not fun. <laughs> he got it out. Yeah, but uh, oh. yeah, he moved a little quicker than uh, than he needed to. <laughs> he used to. Yeah. Uh, Grant Wistrom with us. Hey, buddy. Appreciate, appreciate it, guys. you coming by. Good to see uh, you, man. Absolutely. Go Big All right. Red. All right. There he is, Grant Wistrom right. with us. Quick timeout. Hale Varsity continues as we're here at the Single Barrel uh, Weekend Edition. Uh, we're getting ready for Nebraska-Wisconsin. We're here till 9 with uh, ESPN Lincoln. You've got your very own handyman to help remodel your... Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We welcome in Husker Hall of Famer, great athletic director at Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez with us as Nebraska and Wisconsin set to tangle. Coach, did you like playing in snow? Not really. <laughs> I like warm weather. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I remember as a player, you know, when it was cold or snow and you really, you know, once you get going, you don't you don't pay much attention to it. Your adrenaline starts, and and it's just like any other game. Well, going to be a bit cold and breezy. I don't know that there's any snow in the forecast Saturday, but it's a Big Ten November football. An interesting point for both of these programs, Coach. Of course, Coach Leonard, uh, the interim right now, and Mickey Joseph, the interim at Nebraska. As you look at both of these schools right now, what are your observations here uh, with, with the, both uh, both programs, both programs you love? Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that strikes me is I feel like both of the interim coaches have done a nice job, that they've held their teams together. Uh, they have, have their teams playing hard and, and competing. And so, you know, that's what you always look at. And I think both, both of those guys are put in a tough situation but have held the teams and the staffs together. You've had to, to jump into the mix as, as an interim. Uh, you took over for a Rose Bowl squad, uh, but clearly you had a lot of had coaching experience, right? I mean, uh, so I'm, I'm interested, why Why do you think, as from, with your athletic director hat on, why is it so hard for an, for an interim guy to maybe win that job versus an outside hire? Um. That's, that's hard to say. I've seen interims that have been elevated. 
Um, you know, every situation is a little bit different. Uh, there's a change for certain issues. And, uh, you know, that athletic director that makes those decisions then in turn has to make sure that the next step he makes, those things would be rectified. Coach Barry Alvarez with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Barry, did, did Jim Leonard reach out to you during this process and ask your advice? I mean, with all your years being a head coach and your experience as an interim, did, did he reach out to you and ask for advice as he steps into this interim role and really auditions for a full-time role at Wisconsin? You know what? I, I called, I talked to Jimmy right after it happened and uh, told him that uh, we, we had a good conversation. I gave him some, some ideas and told him that, that I'm, you know, I'm always available. But we did have a very good talk. What was the advice you maybe shared with him? Well, one of the things is, you know, take the team over. It's yours now. You take it over. You still continue to run the defense as you've had. But uh, you, you, man, you you got guys running the offense. You can't go over and you all of a sudden take over the offense and the defense. But, but in his case, uh, you can still manage the game. Uh, manage the game and, and, and have your coaches do what you want. And in game planning, know what uh, you have to do to win a game and, and give, give the offensive coaches directions. And, um, but, but as the game goes, you manage it. And, you know, I, I told him he knew how to win. He's a football coach and he's a foot, was a great player. He understands the game. Uh, just, you know, trust yourself. Last time we talked, uh, I think this was media days, Coach, and uh, I asked you about Jim Leonard, and and you, uh, he's a guy you really enjoyed as a player, but you were pretty emphatic with he's ready to be a coach um, anytime. This was unforeseen with with uh, Coach Chris moving on and and Jim getting elevated. That said, uh, the defense hasn't missed a beat. Touch on some of the offensive struggles. It feels like Nebraska and Wisconsin right now are just having trouble scoring points. Yeah, um, we've been in, yeah we've been inconsistent offensively. Um, you know we've had a number of injuries in the line. So and I think as I read Nebraska, I think they've had some of the similar issues. We every week, you know, we went a number of weeks in a row without the same offensive line. You know, and some of my better teams, those guys started and played. You know, some of them played 30-some games, you know, straight. You know, had continuity. And uh, I, th- I think that's one of the issues. And, um, you know, and then we, we made mistakes. We made mistakes in, in, in special teams that have killed us. You know, that happened last week. Special teams has been a, a bugaboo of ours for the last several years. Barry Alvarez, few minutes with us here. Hail Bar City Radio, Nebraska and Wisconsin. Memorial Stadium kickoff 11 Saturday on ESPN. Coach, what do you think of the Nebraska job? Uh, a place you love and, and you played so well at. And uh, the outside uh, hires certainly possible with Trev. Mickey's, and I agree with you, has done a great job of holding things together. But uh, it just it just seems like Nebraska can't kind of stick with where they're they're going to go in that upward trajectory. It's been a constant cycle. You know what I think, and I, I tell people this, I feel I, I, I hear some of the national pundits and, and, and national media talking about Nebraska, and, 
and why you can't win here, and it's not the same. And I, I don't buy that. I think Nebraska is one of the great jobs. I think your the facilities there are, are some of the better facilities that compared to anyone in the country. And I know you you have the new football facility coming there. So <clears throat> they won't take a backseat to anyone as far as facilities. You certainly – everyone knows – about the support they have from from their fans and, and the state and alums. Um, so to me, it's a wonderful job. They've always been able to go nation, nationwide to recruit. Um, there are some good players in Nebraska. You, you know, you get a handful of them, but, you you know, there's a way to get it done, and there's a, there's a blueprint for success there. And I stole a lot of those ideas when I came to Wisconsin because there's one Division One school in the state, and, you know, we were able to do the same things they did as far as a walk-on program and being a developmental type team. You know, you can go out and recruit some great players. But uh, Nebraska, I think, over the years, you know, had a, had a handful of great players. But there were a lot of guys that developed uh, as they were on campus, and that's the same thing here. But I think it's a, it's a great job and a trem- tremendous opportunity for someone. Barry Alvarez with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Barry, you mentioned the blueprint for this rebuild, and that's something we've talked about over the past couple weeks here on this show. And after this past weekend, a lot of Husker fans think, well, Michigan is a great blueprint for Nebraska's rebuild. They're strong on the lines of scrimmage. They run the ball with success, and they just really play Big Ten football. If you were either athletic director at Nebraska or coach at Nebraska, who would you model your Nebraska rebuild after? <laughs> I, have, I have a plan. You know, so I'd modeled after my plan. <laughs> Do you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> I'm too gimpy. I can't. I can't go. <laughs> well, thought, thought we'd ask on behalf. Uh, <laughs> Mary Alvarez with us, Coach. Uh, let's talk about that development, and and you've touched on the walk-on program where you find guys that that turn into starters. But what's, and I know it's kind of, it just depends on the player, but overall, what's, what's a fair timeline to, to be able to develop a line of scrimmage offensively and defensively? It used to be not a problem for Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. The, the, the thing that I always look at, whether I'm evaluating a coach or if I was a head coach evaluating assistants, position coaches I always want to see improvement I want to see I want to know that that a coach has his players whether they follow him uh you know when you have adversity do do they stick with him or do they fragment and and the team fall apart um I want to know you know and I'm I know Trev Trev has this in mind you got to know the plan that someone has uh and it has to be a sound plan and it has to be a plan that fits Nebraska and one that fits our place you know, what kind of kids can you recruit uh, in these places? You know, who do you have access to? And and how do you develop your offense and defense accordingly and then be able to compete in our league? And, and I can remember when Penn State came in the league, we played them. We had a heck of a game with them. And I had, you know, one of my typical lines, all five of them went on and played in the NFL, you know, and we were, we were running the ball probably 80% of the time. It was a physical game. I was a, I think they were a top 10 team. They beat us, oh, 34, 30, 30, 34, 31, something like that. It was a tough game. But Joe Paterno called me the next week and he, he told me that they were going to change how they recruited after our game. 
that they couldn't practice until probably Thursday. They were so beat up, mm. and and particularly on the defensive line. And you know that's that's the type of team that I built, and because I, I came into the league when you had to beat Michigan and Ohio State, it's that way now. So to, how do you beat them? The only way I could beat them with the type of players I could recruit is to go get big linemen and be more physical or at least as physical as, as they are. Be able to run the ball so you can shorten the game if you have to, play action and that type of thing. I think, you know, for our situation, that's the type of that's the type of plan that you have to have. Just very similar to what Brett's doing at Illinois. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 the same thing we we did here and Nebraska, you know, back when when Tom was, you know, built, you know, Devaney and Tom, Tom Devaney's was more power, power football. Tom uh, incorporated the option more. Uh, but uh, you're going to win this league. You better be physical. You better be able to run the ball. And you better be able to play good defense. Very quickly here before we get you out, I want to talk about your time ex- uh, recruiting high school offensive linemen. Were there any qualities that you looked for that you thought translated well and were good indicators that, you know what, this guy's going to be a good Big Ten offensive lineman? Well, <clears throat> you need guys that like football to start with. That was the first thing I told my guys the first time we went out recruiting my first staff. Find guys that like football, find guys that are physical, um, and find guys that are tough. Um, and, you know, for offensive linemen, you need guys that can bend. You need guys that, that have some a punch, um, you know, that can get their hips through. And, and you can see all those things in a summer camp. You know, we get some really big kids here. And well, if I saw that they can bend and, and they, they, they had a snap in their hips and they could move their feet a little bit, um, then we're going to recruit them. They may not have been highly recruited. And then there, there's this, the, you know, there's a way to take a look at potential growth. You know, look at parents, look at, uh, look at the wrist size, look at, you know, look at, uh, from the knee to the, to the ankle, how, how long their shin is, uh, do, do they, you know, do they have in, in our situation, what Nebraska is too, you have a lot of Scandinavian people, you know, that are the blonde hair, blue eyes, as Lou used to say, blonde hair, blue ears, in this part, <laughs> but, um, you know, they're late bloomers and, you know, they, they mature later and you get them on a good weight program. And that's what I remember about Nebraska. And that's what we did here. You bring a guy in, it's, six five and you know big boned and and put him on a good strength program and a good um nutrition program and four years later you know he's a 310 315 pounder that can move around strong and they can hold up and you can get a bunch of them coach uh, a thought with uh, the portal nil and the topic of tampering is there any way to stamp out or at least be more proactive to keep tampering from happening. Yeah. You know what? I I think, I think a lot of that is going to, I read an article today that, you know, kind of indicated they felt a lot of people feel like NIL is going to level off. You know, the people are throwing money around and and sometimes they don't get their value out of that money they're throwing around because you know how it is. You get a five star that plays like one star. You know, just because they have a lot of stars doesn't mean they're going to be a great player. Uh, I, I think that that could level out. But there are rules involved as, as far as uh, using NIL for recruitment. The NC2A or whoever, mm-hmm. we need to have somebody in place, 
that that observes those rules and and enforces those rules. They're, they are in place. No one enforces them and, and enforces tampering. If someone's tampering with someone's current athlete, they need to be punished. Uh, I, I think the transfer portal, I think that'll take care of itself. I think you have to adapt. Uh, quite frankly, I, you know, when I told my coaches, you recruited the players, you, you know the family, you know how they were treated, were they pampered, were their kids that want to work. And then it's it's up to the coach to build a relationship that that player wants to play for him, and if if he wants to leave, that's on the coach. But you know, like I, I told our guys, we have a great place here. We we should be able, to, you know, they should want to stay here. I used to have to run, you know, you couldn't run them out with a cattle prod. <laughs> <laughs> Very so, go ahead. You want to keep those guys, and you should be able to, you know, if you have holes, now you have access to go find them, and you have a lot of people who want to go to school and play here. Coach, a thought on, on Lance Leipold, what he's done down at Kansas, and I know he's a, a guy that's a Wisconsinite, but but did uh, some work with you, obviously. Yeah, I know Lance well. He worked with us, worked over there with Frank. It was at UNO. Um, he's got a couple of my guys on his staff. I think he's done a tremendous job there. You know, Kansas hadn't, hadn't won a whole lot since back in the 60s, I think. No, they had one good year with Mangino. Mm-hmm. Um but other than that, they haven't been very good. He goes in, the ter- program was terrible. And within a couple years, you know, they're competing for ch- a championship. They're they're really creative on offense, um, very sound on defense. I, I really am impressed with the job that he's done. Barry Alvarez with us. Coach, best to you. Uh, always appreciate the time. Always, always fun visiting with you guys. Have a great day. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts. Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition here at the Single Barrel. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Rainack, Elijah Herbal, Brandon Vogel is, uh, I don't know that he's got any Vaseline on, a la Grant Wistrom, but Vogues could, could make a tackle in the phone booth, booth back in the day at uh, Hemingford. Correct, Vogues? Uh, you were, uh, dare I say, vicious uh, when it came to one-on-one tackles? Um, I think finesse is more the word you're looking for <laughs> as uh, you know, a wide receiver, cornerback, and everything that comes with it. Uh, you know, maybe I didn't have the best reputa- reputation for sticking my nose in there uh, on every down. Let's put it that way. Just go, go for the legs. That's the quarterback's role whenever you're tackling. Just go low. <laughs> yeah. Brandon. You know, Bra- Brandon business decision vocal. (laughs) 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 That's pretty good. Well, we've got a few Wisconsin uh, folks milling around here. 
Grant is uh, all bundled up and ready to head off to Memorial Stadium. Uh, Elijah, you were looking at film of, of Kellen Lindstrom, the defensive tackle from Springfield. Pretty good ball player Nebraska's got visiting today. Yeah, uh, high school film's obviously a little different level of competition, but he's almost like a... He's got a bit of JoJo Doman in him is the best way to put it. He's in a bigger frame, six foot five, six foot six, but a little JoJo Doman in him off the edge. I think he needs to bulk up a little bit if he wants to play Big Ten football, but who doesn't need to bulk up a little bit to go play Big Ten football? I, I was really impressed with how he, he darts in off the edge. Got good speed, and damn, he hits hard. <laughs> yep. And... <laughs> And a guy that uh, Grant Whitstrom is personally escorting today to Lincoln uh, and actually got them on Nebraska's radar. That's kind of interesting how that works out, too. A guy that was offered, I think he was saying, by Illinois, Iowa, Missouri. And so Grant lobs a phone call over to his former line mate, Jason Peter, and says, hey, I got a kid. What do you think? So bringing him on up. How about that? Yep, a couple of linemen, uh, of course, uh, you have Gage Ginther, one of the top linemen on Colorado's board, and Illinois looked at him in Oklahoma, offers from Oklahoma State. We talked to Gage yesterday, but, you know, despite the, the question marks of, of who the next leader is, Brandon, you, you've, got, uh, you've got some confidence that the, this next move will be the right move because... Well, A, it's kind of got to be, but B, uh, you've had this search that's been quiet, but just because it's been quiet doesn't mean it's not been effective by Trev as Nebraska tries to sift through, uh, finish this season out strong if you're a Nebraska fan, clearly, but then on to the uh, great unknown with whoever's leading the charge here. <laughs> Uh, for this upcoming spring and beyond because it's been too many of these seasons, fellas, for Nebraska where you're you're banking on pride in November. Cranach, your stat was very telling, 4-17 in November for Nebraska the last several years. Vogues, as you look at this. Oh, sorry. I thought that was a lob to Brandon. And I, well, I just it was totally a, it missed was that a, alley-oop you threw to me. It just went right it, over it was, my head. It was, a, it was a quite, frankly, bad option pitch by me. Uh, <laughs> I bumped into the fullback. I got stepped on by the guard. And I just kind of flailed it out there, hoping somebody would catch it blindly. Take two. Vogues, uh, a lot riding on this decision. And uh, an opportunity to uh, to make a statement today for Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, I told you guys sometimes I don't like to make the tackle, so I just sat that play out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's impressive what Nebraska and you know Mickey Joseph and his staff have been able to do to kind of maintain some momentum, recruiting wise. <clears throat> that said, you know. I think everyone kind of comes in with an expectation of like, well, yeah, do, do what you can with the information you have at the moment. Like a lot could change with recruiting uh, before that that early signing period in December actually actually hits. And on the coaching search front, I mean, there's just a lot across college football that, that still needs to happen. Um, so who knows exactly where Nebraska is at in this this search but if they're and presumably some of their targets would be current head coaches like 
you can make that interest known, but there's going to be some guys who are just like, I'll, I'm interested. I'll talk to you once our season's over. And that might be the, that might be the realistic, realistic timeline with that. I mean, you look at today's game, I think what happens here, you know, might have a lot to say for, with what Wisconsin ends up doing in terms of where it's going with its search. I mean, everything I've read and heard is that Leonard is still probably still probably the lead candidate for that, but that loss to Iowa last week didn't help, I don't think, and a loss here certainly wouldn't help. And then, so, I mean, that's another one where a, a job that might seem like, oh, it's trending this direction, all of a sudden becomes, no, we're, we're going outside, we're not going the interim route, and that has a trickle-down effect everywhere else. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio as we get set for Nebraska and Wisconsin. Do you feel like, Brandon, the the names that have been mentioned, it's going to be one of those folks? Or does Trev pull a, pull a surprise and it's somebody literally nobody is talking about, a la Bill Callahan, Mike Riley? Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> we've had so long with this Nebraska being in the market that I feel like almost every name has been mentioned at, at this point. I mean, I think in, in terms of doing something between basically now and before that Iowa game, you're, you're looking at uh, a Matt rule. If that's, if that's the case, um, I, I would be surprised if there's a big surprise waiting at the end of this, this entire coaching search uh span i guess for for lack of a better term so i do think it'll come from kind of the the list of usual suspects or top top um top suspects at this point so uh, there's just it's hard to even think of what that big surprise would be um which i guess is what makes it a surprise well brendan uh, go for it mark I was just going to say, you know, when Trev spoke to the media on his weekly coach, or not to the media, but when he spoke on his weekly coaches show this week, I just got the impression that the hay's in the barn and that the hire is done. It's just a matter of timing at this point. Did you get that same impression, or do you think this thing is still <laughs> precarious and it's not settled? Um, I, I think they would like to to think the hay is in the barn, and I think it. I think it's probably it's probably close like you either know uh you either have an offer out there and you're you're waiting or you know kind of the timeline of events like you you have somebody who you've expressed interest they've expressed interest back and it might be a deal where okay once the regular season is over you will have that offer and uh, and, and we expect it to go that way. So I, I could see Nebraska being like that far along um, in terms of any deal, like even being done verbally at this point. I, I don't know if they're quite there yet. Brandon Vogel's with us here on a Saturday morning edition, Hale Varsity Radio, getting you geared up for Nebraska, Wisconsin, currently talking the coaching search. And Brandon, is the lean right now from you? a current sitting head coach that seems to be where things have gone since the rule name was so hot about a, a week week and a half ago it seems like it's kind of turned to well if it's not matt rule it's probably a guy still with the job and that's why there's some delay that needs to happen before trev can announce whoever uh, he decides to go with yeah I, I would still call it probably 
and I mean, this isn't going to be very much help for anyone, but I'd still call it probably 50-50 between, I think the interest in rule is, is real. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, he's in a, he has all the leverage. He cannot coach and continue making the exact same salary. Um, so for him to take a college job with the NFL offset, you know, that's just, it, he's not giving up money. Um, but he is having to work for for that money. So you wonder, you know, for a coach in that position, it's it's real easy to say, I'm going to go slow here. Like, if, unless there's a job where I'm like, absolutely, I have to have that. Like, you can afford to, to be pretty picky. And Auburn reportedly has, has some interest in rule. Like, I don't know how high on his board or their board he might be. So... You've just got some choices there. Uh, a rule has some choices there, and I, I think that's kind of where Nebraska sits with him. The other option then is, okay, what are some of the the um, sitting head coaches you've spoken with? So I really look at it as kind of a coin flip between those two outcomes. With rule, what was your reaction yesterday to the the Auburn interest? Apparently, and then you also heard some some smoke last night about Texas A and M as well. Maybe they're going to move on from Jimbo and look at Matt Rule. What's your take on that? Is that legitimate does that make sense in your mind or could that be a matt rule using some leverage behind the scenes to try to get a better offer from nebraska um yeah, i mean agents are, are are always looking for that additional leverage so i think there's probably some some part of that at play always um but i mean i i think no interest in rule would would really surprise me at this point i mean you look at what he did his two college stops, like, and, and this was the case, you know, when he got fired at Carolina, I expected him to be a candidate for, for every power five job that's open. Um, and, and I think that that certainly remains the case. Vogues, we were discussing this yesterday and you know how crazy the silly season is where you have a number of big 12 guys that are coveted and still well-respected I mean, just go through that conference with Leipold, Kleiman, Campbell, Gundy, Aranda. I mean, it, pretty much everybody but Venables, right? Uh, I mean, there's been some sort of insinuation that they'd be a target for either a Nebraska or Wisconsin with, with Leipold's ties. Do you believe there's a domino potential out there? And, and this was thrown out there with James Franklin, and in relation to rule is is james franklin a guy that could make a move back to the sec a guy that could maybe find his way to an auburn or maybe an a&m um or you know you have the the rule factor because the two jobs that rule to me would would kill for one was the giants he didn't get it the other would be to go back home to penn state where he played his college ball so say Penn State finds their way there and and then Franklin moves on and then that kind of that domino upsets a lot of different chain reactions butterfly effects for okay there's still some really good coaches out there but perhaps a top target not just for Nebraska in rule but maybe an A&M maybe a uh, uh, an Auburn maybe a Penn State I mean it's pretty fascinating to think about yeah, it really is. Um, and, you know, I haven't spoken to Matt Rule. I don't know how he feels about that Penn State job, but you would think, you know, he walked on there. Um, he is a Northeast guy. 
Like you'd have to think if, if that state job did suddenly come open, uh, it, it would be high on his list. Um, and, and that would create, you know, kind of a, a domino effect. I mean, it's, it, it's, uh, getting an early start on, on a coaching search is, is interesting and I think beneficial for Nebraska, but it's a little bit of game of chicken too, of, you know, you gotta, if, if you, if you think you have your candidate and that candidate is interested, like you got to push to get that thing done. Um, because things like this could happen. I mean, like Auburn kind of sliding in there. I mean, I think Auburn's pretty interested in Lane Kiffin, um, which is interesting, uh, which would that, <laughs> I guess, would just open Ole Miss. Um, is James Franklin interested in, a, in, in an Ole Miss type of job? But he's, he's one that you could see somebody like, I mean, it's like a kind of a, a Brian Kelly level heist where you slide in there and, uh, a guy who's already at a historic program might be willing to jump and, and go go someplace else. You know, Brandon, trend-wise, it's interesting time in college football right now where, you know, uh, conventional wisdom says Nebraska needs to be a developmental program. Are, do those even exist in five years, though, with with how much tra- how much the transfer portal is, is involved Um I mean, is that is that sort of a is that sort of a thing of the past? Do you think, or is it possible to be truly a developed? I mean, outside of the service academies, <laughs> it, it's just hard to imagine. Yeah, I think it'll still exist. It's going to be a lot harder to do. So I would say that group of those programs that you could label that right now, that group probably shrinks. But. Um, I think for a program like Nebraska, like Wisconsin, Utah, uh, and Iowa, I think they're always going to have to to try and be that to the degree that they can. Um, and it's going to be harder to hang on to players. Um, you're going to have to come up with kind of a evolving strategy for how the transfer portal can supplement, you know, trying to develop. Like the teams that are going to succeed going forward, I mean – we see what works, right? You recruit like a, a Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State sort of Clemson level, and you know that's the top of the sport. But who's that kind of next wave of teams? And a lot of times, that's where the developmental programs kind of slide in there. And I think there'll still be a spot for that. I think it'll just be fewer than we see right now, and it'll be harder to to maintain. Brandon Vogel's with us here, a Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio, getting you geared up for Nebraska, Wisconsin, and. Guys, do we have the, the coaching search out of the system? It is a game today we, we could be talking about. So I just want to open up the floor here if anyone's got any final thoughts on coaching search for oh, yeah. years. Okay, yeah. we're, we're all good. We're all good. Yeah. Brandon, let's talk a little Nebraska-Wisconsin here. And Schmidt, you want to jump in? You got one last thought? No, I mean, I, I was ready to go to the game as well. Uh, there's no more bacon left. Uh, we have been wisconsin uh, in the uh, the buffet line. What about the cheese? Is there any cheese? Uh, I I did not ask. I just kind of kept my head down and beeline to the coffee and and and, and I'm back here. But uh, yeah, they are they are smiling and happy and uh, Badger fans feeling good here about uh, the, the ten and a half. I think <laughs> this, this morning. But Vogue's, you know, the the momentum that you can get on offense is so important for Nebraska with Casey Thompson. When we were getting parked here today, uh, the old wind 
kept whipping around the the hay market here as we're in the graduate here at the single barrel but it's very real and it's going to be no fun for either quarterback to try and throw that football downfield intermediately i mean it's just i know it's a northwest wind but it's just you know how it swirls in the stadium you may have a quarter of air quote daylight to get any any comfortable throws in uh, and, and I don't know how that works for Nebraska today uh, based on what their run game's been. Yeah, Anthony's got to get 25 touches. Totally get that. That's that's a uh, in-ink bullet point every weekend. But now you have some viability uh, with your passing game with Casey back. Yeah, you do. I, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> I, I think you'll see a difference for this Nebraska offense with that being the case, that said, you do worry a little bit about just the conditions muting it to some degree because the opening here for Nebraska offensively, I think, is through the passing game. Is it going to be a day where you can pass well enough to 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 make that count? That's that's kind of the big question. I, you know, we'll see what the wind is like by the time we get to to kick off, but I mean, it's going to be a factor. And I think you you nailed it, Chris. Like it might be one of those where, okay, if you're going this direction, you feel okay throwing the football. So you might have two quarters. And I mean, the start to games is is always really really important. I I look at this one, and I think it's it's pretty important um, right out of the gates uh, for Nebraska to to have some success. This one of the traits that Wisconsin since being under Leonard seems to have adopted it is it's it's really strong in the first half like they they outscored teams massively under leonard in the first half nebraska has played seemingly the last two and a half games uphill you know from from behind uh well i mean it, it led that minnesota game but at halftime so it's not a, a game and a half but that Michigan game, I mean, they were just in control the entire way. And in Nebraska, can't let that happen again. They have had the ball for basically, I think, 37% of all of the minutes uh, from from Illinois to now. It's just – it's 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 tough to score enough points that way. Uh, and, you know, Casey Thompson in particular, he's a drop-it-in-the-bucket kind of guy. You know, like he lofts the ball. He's got, he's got as good a touch as Nebraska's maybe had in a while. So not the guy that's necessarily going to throw lasers that cut through the wind. So, yeah, that, that could be tough sledding for, for Nebraska today um, offensively. You know, that said, Brandon, with him back in, um, the, the sort of wind aside, Nebraska's just falling off a cliff offensively. Is there some other factor besides that, besides being able to hit the – intermediate to deep ball in a bucket is there something besides that that he could bring today that allows nebraska to have at least a little more success on offense because it's been it's been pretty bad last few weeks yeah it 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 has um i i think the the thing that casey might be able to bring is not if the deep balls like dicey situation just based on wind and weather today like he might still be able to get you some gains in, in kind of the shorter, the shorter, uh, more timing-based passing part of it, and, and that's been, you know, really lacking for Nebraska since since he went down. We the the run game struggles existed prior to Thompson's injury, but if you 
kind of dilute that passing game a little bit just based on inexperience from from Purdy and Smothers. Um, well, everything gets gets harder. You know that that Michigan game, Nebraska was just kind of running into a wall because what else what else really was there to do? Um, Thompson alleviates that I think just by his presence. Like, how well can you execute the the passing game, whether it's down the field or a little bit shorter, remains to be seen. But at least you have confidence doing that. It kind of opens up your options. Brandon, before we get you out here, we got uh, time for one or two final thoughts. Take it into context with the weather, with the opponent. Two-part question. What does a successful day for Casey Thompson look like from a stat line? And what does a successful day for Anthony Grant look like from a a stat point of view? Um, I mean, with with Thompson, you're – you're hoping I think the key on a day like this is not necessarily the yards, but the, the completion percentage, you know, and again, it's just tough not knowing exactly what it's going to look like there out there on the field. But, you know, he probably needs to be in that 58 to 60 percent range um, on, a, on a cold day like this. That would be that would be a pretty high threshold, I think. But it's probably what Nebraska needs with with Anthony Grant, you know. You're probably looking at, like I agree with Chris, you're looking at over 20 carries for him. And I think if those netted, you know, 85, 90 yards, like that would go a long way too to help him alleviate a little bit of pressure here on this offense. Vogue's last thought, Trey Palmer does what today? His impact. Well, he's mad. We know that. Um, (laughs) Woke up, woke up mad according to his, his Twitter. Um, I think you'll see him get more than a handful of touches. Uh, getting Casey Thompson back also helps there. You'll take a couple of deep shots with him, I, I think. Um, but more so, it's it's kind of those catches and traffic, which, you know, past couple of weeks, he's had a couple of drops. So, But I think you'll see him bounce back. Brandon Vogel, managing editor, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, new issue coming out, basketball preview. And, of course, his book, Dream Like a Champion, Brandon Business Decision Vogel at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, we appreciate you, bud. Great insight today. Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brandon. There he is, Brandon Vogel. That's Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt here at the single barrel inside the graduate. A quick timeout. The Iron Horse in the on-deck circle. Gary Sharp joins us. It's Hale Varsity Weekend presented by Currency. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Early to rise with Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back with you, weekend edition. It's Hail Varsity Radio here at the single barrel inside the graduate as uh, we are presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Show's going to be posted here on YouTube and also the different uh, platforms. You can get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, 
Google Play, Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp with us. As uh, Sharpie, senior day, what a ringer these kids have been through, but chance to go out and, and stop a streak. Good morning. Thanks for the time, bud. Hey, good morning, everybody, and everybody that's going to be wearing camo in the uh, stands today. It'll be packed full of people that look like they're sitting in a hunting blind at Memorial Stadium. Uh, you know, it's kind of a – it's you know, we used to always remember senior days. I mean, no one that was there will ever forget 1990 when Kenny Walker was honored on his senior day. And everybody did the sign for applause, um, uh, the sign language sign. And what a moment that was. And there's other senior days that you can remember because of certain individuals. But gosh, guys, it's been a stretch now where the senior days just kind of come and go. Even, even one of the more celebrated players recently of Nebraska was in street clothes last year when he got honored and Adrian Martinez. And, you know, you're right. This senior class has been through the ringer, but it's going to be one of those things where they're going to go through their entire career, entire career. Trent Hickson, six years, not go to a bowl game. Just say that out loud. That's amazing to have that happen to you in your career at Nebraska. But there is the opportunity today to beat a team that you haven't beaten in a while, get a trophy, beat a team from the West. So there is pride on the line. And I also think you guys have talked about it. A little a little extra juice now that CT11 is back. Yeah, Gary Sharp with us on uh, Hale Varsity Radio. And we were talking about the impact of Casey Thompson today with the wind you know he's a drop into the bucket kind of guy that's one of the things he brings is he's got good touch on his on his intermediate to deep balls and that could be nullified today um so outside of that assuming that is taken away where where does Nebraska get its offense from today because it's been non-existent past couple weeks yeah that's a great point Mark with the the wind I mean everybody can deal with the cold to an extent but when you throw in the wind, here's what I think is going to have to happen. Remember, this is a Wisconsin team that, you know, we don't know what we're going to get out of Wisconsin. I mean, they're, they're, they're week to week, but they do have a great run defense. And, you know, they're, they're going to be able to kind of neutralize Nebraska. But I think Nebraska to be able to run the ball today because they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to do it out of a two tight end set. I didn't see much of that against Michigan, um, but I would like to see a lot of it today, maybe even under center with Casey Thompson. Um, where you can run out of that two tight end set and hopefully get some yards for Anthony Grant. This is, guys, this is when you play Michigan and you play Illinois and you play Minnesota and you play Wisconsin and you're going to play Iowa next week. Physical defensive line, this is not the game for Anthony Grant because Anthony Grant, as good as he's been this year, and he could be a 1,000-yard rusher, is he doesn't burst to the hole. You know, he kind of he kind of dances a little bit before he finds the hole. Where you got a guy like AJ Allen who is on the shelf. Um, he's a guy that's built to run in the Big Ten. So I think with two tight ends, Nebraska's going to have to find a way to run the ball. But guys, not everybody talks about Herbert for Wisconsin. Their interior defensive line is pretty good. So it's going to have to be a big day for that offensive line to open up some holes. And then when they have an opportunity to give Casey Thompson some time. Gary, it's it's so funny you mentioned that. You just mentioned that sort of murderer's row of of physical football, right? Minnesota, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan. They are committed firmly, front to back, every facet of their program to playing physically. And this is, I don't know if there's a good answer to this question, but how, how did Nebraska get to the point where anything but that was acceptable? I, I it's just baffling to me that people are now coming back to the, oh, maybe maybe Nebraska should commit to running the ball and being physical. It's like, yeah, 
yes <laughs> like does it really take a coach making seven figures to to understand that like the most common average fan understands that yet here we are it, it is just absolutely baffling and do you think that the next head coach will understand that fundamentally and then install schemes to match well i, I think that's a requirement and, and here's the thing the, that that stretch that Nebraska's in playing these teams, they preach physicality. So they preach it, and then they back it up by the, their actions in the offseason and then their actions on the field, and they play to that identity. Because I can't, because I think Nebraska at times has said, hey, we're going to be a physical team. Right. But they preached it, but they've never lived it. And how you recruit, right. how you act, how you lift, how your whole mindset is. And that's where the disconnect is from saying we're going to be physical to not being physical on a Saturday, and it shows. And, and, you know, there are some guys that I think are physical on this team, but as a whole, the identity is not there. And that's a problem. I mean, this is, you know, you got one more year of the West Division, but for the most part, the Big Ten identity is going to stick around where you've got to be able to run the ball in November. You've got to be able to stop the run. But you've, been able, you've got to be able to, when you need five yards on third and five, it doesn't have to be a pass that you feel confident you can line up and get those five yards. Or, heck, even on third and one to fourth and one, that you're going to get one yard. So I think as they make the transition, certainly that is going to be a thing that you have to do. If you want to win, you have to, you have to preach physicality, but you also have to live it, and it starts right away. It doesn't start when you get to the season. It starts well before that. And I think that's where Mickey has kind of let us know, gosh, he'd like the guys to be physical, but they are eight, nine months, three, four years behind the curve on being able to do it where it's a mindset every single day. Well, Gary, I think if you look back at the past 10 years and you ask the average fan what's gone wrong for Husker football, they'd look at the lines of scrimmage, they'd look at how Nebraska runs the football, and that physicality topic we're talking about right now. But when Trev did his, his monthly radio hit a couple nights ago, he was asked a similar question. He said, well, we have the brick and mortar here, that the issue has been that the, the vision of the people within the building hasn't always lined up, hasn't always been congruent, and that's been the big problem within Husker football within the past 10 years. What was your reaction to hearing that? Well, he's absolutely right. I mean, whether it be how we're going to build guys, what's the mindset from the coach to the strength and conditioning, what's the offensive line coach, what he wants to do, what works, is he in sync with the offensive coordinator? Um, are we hiring the best people? I mean, let's be honest, guys. There's, there were some very, very poor hires and people that were brought from Central Florida with Scott that should not have been coaching in the Big Ten. And his loyalty to them was he hung on too long. And there are position groups that have suffered because of lack of development and just flat out not being able to coach the position. And then you, then you bring in a guy on the offensive line who has never coached at this level, and you say, hey, we might be in a make-it-or-break-it year. Go out there and get these guys coached up. And you have somebody that's learning on the fly. And, you know, I look at, like, Donovan Riola and Mark Whipple. Like, if you were in a situation, guys, where you had to hire an offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach, offensive line coach, and you said, you know what, we're not under any pressure in 22, you guys, we're going to be here for a while, they actually might work out pretty well. But in this case, when it is a make-it-or-break-it year, I think those are two poor hires, and we've seen the result. But the bottom line is, whether it be a position coach, a player, a strength and conditioning coach, Nebraska has lacked accountability and consistency where you hold somebody accountable if they're not consistent. And you know what? The, actually, the offensive line last week, I thought, played pretty well. They weren't great, 
But for two weeks, they've done enough. They haven't had major busts. And, you know, they if you look at the whole season, yeah, they deserve the scrutiny. But for the last two weeks, it's not like they've fallen apart. But where were they a couple of weeks ago? That's the problem in this program is consistency and accountability and consistency and, you know, keeping everybody on the same page so you all move forward together. So those are things all about this is a much bigger lift than I think anyone can understand when it comes to getting Nebraska, the bricks and mortar behind the scenes all in order so that you can work on the stuff that's on the field that everybody sees. Gary Sharp with us, weekend edition at Tail Varsity Radio. We're here at the Single Barrel pregame show till 9. And then Real Red Reaction follows here from the single barrel. Sharpie, uh, let's uh, get into the carousel. And, uh, you know, what's your feels this week with uh, candidates' names and direction? Uh, Trev liked where they were at. What's your, uh, your intuition telling you? Well, I, I think none of us know anything. Let's just put it that way. We all have sources. We talk to people. We've all come up with different names. Um, I think that's a sign of... This search has gone well from the Nebraska perspective that it kept it quiet. Some people are like, well, they don't have anybody. They're, they're, they're searching. They're scrambling. Well, they haven't offered anybody yet, and I don't think they're scrambling. I think they have narrowed it down. I say we're inside of the five-yard line. Um, it would be too bad if Nebraska came this far and they didn't break the news on their own because everybody is all over the map, which, which, a couple of things here. Um, the... When you have a situation like this, I was talking to a current sitting athletic director who is not in the Big Ten, and we were talking on two, uh, Thursday, and he said sometimes, and he's gone through a coaching search before. He's not searching for a coach at his current school. Um, he said sometimes when you go through this and you get those kind of situations, that means an AD has a wild card that is not being talked about, and it's always in these searches the least person that is talked about that sometimes gets the job. So now that's what our mindset goes to. Okay, who would be that guy? Is it a fickle? Is it somebody like that? Is it a DeBoer? Um, right now I think it's, you know, it's kind of all over the map, but I think there's probably three that are under consideration, and Nebraska's going to move quickly here in the next week to uh, get it done. And I could see, you know, you think about the timeline, guys. When the season ends next Friday, you know, you, you don't really want to do anything on Saturday because it's going to be all about Ohio State-Michigan. But then there's that Sunday – and then you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because wouldn't it be nice that championship weekend when you got two major networks have college football pregame shows to parade your brand-new coach out there? So that's what I'm thinking on the timeline. But to be honest, I've, I've gone back and forth on who I think it's going to be trying to follow paths, and we really don't know. Gary Sharp and that was with probably this. a terrible answer. It's accurate. We, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, well, how about this, though? Regardless of who the head coach is, are you more a fan of the Brian Kelly method of going in and completely cleaning house, starting all over with support staff, front to back, all assistants? Or are you a fan of, you know, maintaining a coach or two and some support staff for continuity? What do you think is best for Nebraska? Both of those. I, I think you have to have some familiarity. Um to get hit the ground running. But I think it's important to have a good read on the roster, um, on who can help you moving forward, and who is just it's unfair to them because they're probably not going to play here. I mean, I, I don't see a huge mass exodus like you saw at LSU where they had, what, 40 guys that left and they were down to 47. They had 47 new players or whatever the number is at LSU. 
Um, but I think we should prepare ourselves for 20 to 25 departures. And it, it's guys, it's going to be one of the most exciting times in Nebraska football between the end of the season and really until February, because you're going to have head coach, staff, players coming and going, new players, new systems, all of this kind of stuff. I mean, buckle up. It's going to be absolutely wild. But I think you have to come in. And first of all, you have to, whoever is staying, Mark, you have to reprogram everybody. You have to reprogram everybody about what the new mindset is and start fresh. And this is a new start for everybody. There's no preconceived anything. I don't know you. We're starting fresh. You've got a fresh slate, and we go from there. But we're going to reprogram everybody how we're going to compete every single day and how you're going to get validated for competing in January. You're going to get validated when you get to September. So, again, I think it's a big lift. It's not impossible, but it's going to take that grinder that Trev keeps talking about. Somebody's going to have to come in, and, boy, they're going to have to be fully on on getting this thing going and getting started right away. Gary, one of the uh, the, the themes of offseason previews in college football this year has been, well, if you thought the transfer portal the past couple years was crazy, buckle up because you haven't seen nothing yet. It sounds like transfer portal season is going to be absolutely bonkers this year. So with that in mind, combined with Nebraska's fan support, NIL, the juice behind a new head coach, how well positioned do you think Nebraska is for, for a quick turnaround this offseason? Well, I think this can pop sooner than later. I mean, we're seeing programs pop in year number two. There's no reason that somebody can't come in being the right fit and doing all the little things to build the bigger things, that Nebraska is in a much better spot than they are next year at this time, like they are right now. Um, I don't want them to go full portal. Now, you get one shot to do that, and it may happen this year just because of numbers on your roster. But Nebraska football is not going to move forward living out of the portal. They're going to move forward by recruiting, first of all, evaluating and recruiting and getting the right high school player and developing them. That's where this program is going to move forward. It'll move forward with their high school recruiting, sprinkled in with some portal guys. But, guys, I ask you this. Thinking about the situation at Nebraska with the NIL, is the NIL more important this offseason to guys that are not here or keeping guys on your roster that are already here? Hmm. Man, um, I think the because you have a quarterback, to... wide receiver, you have a quarterback, wide receiver, rush in, um, injured running back that you know either they've got a chance to go somewhere else or go to the NFL. Um, you know, they're pretty important if you want to keep them. So I, I think it's a valid question. NIL more important to attract somebody that's not here or keep somebody that's here that you definitely don't want to leave. I think it's a retention angle to be honest uh, with uh, what you laid out. I mean, A.J. Allen's special. Uh, he's been on the shelf. Uh, you've got uh, the receiver-quarterback combo. Uh, you know what you have, and you've seen some glimpses, and you like it. <laughs> you don't want him going elsewhere. So I think, I think the retention part is super important. It's always nice to get new, but you don't know what you're getting. You already kind of have a good idea what could be. Uh, yep. With some, uh, at least some some game some game film of these guys, Sharpie. No, I, I agree. I, I I think you know the NIL situation is getting short up at Nebraska, so it'll be definitely an advantage. It just this is there's going to have to be a lot of things fall in place. That's why I think when you announce a new head coach, boy, that staff is going to have to come together pretty quickly because you don't 
you know, it's tough for guys that are currently on the staff that probably won't be retained to go out and recruit and ask them to do that. They're professionals, they'll do it, but it's that awkward stuff of, hey, I'm recruiting, but I don't know if I'm going to be there or not. That's why I think shortly after the season, unless somebody is coaching in a conference championship game, you're going to get a co- you're going to get a coach physically in person. Yeah, Gary Sharp with us on on Hale Varsity Radio. That coach, if you had to pick right now, is I get in my car right now, guys, and I would drive to Manhattan, Kansas, and I would stop at Chris Kleiman's house. I would say, "Hey, bring a change of clothes, bring your nice suit, get in the car. We're going back to Lincoln." He's big time. Totally agree. Uh, I think he's there. I like Lance there more a lot. Of a, guys, guys, think about it. And, and, and you know, I mean, there's stuff you hear about Kleiman and his relationship with his athletic director, it's, you know, that he would never leave. And then the only job he's leave for is Nebraska. When you think about Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, and they may clinch, a, you know, a spot in the, the Big 12 championship game today, is there more of a Nebraska-type coach than a Chris Kleiman? A guy that is a grinder that recruits well and then recruits well enough but also his guys get better and man do they play hard every single saturday and he's got better players than people think on his roster or guys that they have turned into really good players i mean climbing fits the bill of a gosh if i'm thinking about a nebraska coach i want that guy in manhattan who checks the boxes for me gary sharp with us sharpie enjoy your saturday partner We'll, uh, we'll check in uh, for Black Friday, and thanks, as always, for the time today, man. Guys, I appreciate it. You know what? It's been the end of a long season. Just think what it'll be like when you walk out of the stadium today compared to when you walk back in in September, how different Nebraska football will be. Absolutely. Sharp, you take care, partner. There he is, thanks, Gary guys. Sharp, with us. Thank you. Right. Uh, Mark Cranach and Elijah Herbal. Fellas, uh, we'll hug it out here virtually uh, for the uh, – End of the regular season, at least the home slate. We'll be back with you Black Friday uh, in Iowa City next week. And uh, back here at the single barrel for Real Red Reaction. Cranach, be good. Godspeed. Lodge, appreciate you. Chris Schmidt, get the podcast. Hail Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, presented by Currency. A Huda Media Production.